Welcome to the Monsters of History. I'm your host, Christian Gonzalez, and today's episode is on the Jiangxi, or the Chinese Jumping Vampire. I love vampires, and the thing with vampires is that it's a category so big that it's almost impossible to do one episode on just vampires in general. I also don't want this to become a podcast exclusively on vampires. I think it's important to kind of break up the concept of vampires into multiple concepts, and I'm very excited and very glad that this is the first episode on vampires. Something I'm not, I wasn't super familiar with, and if you're a viewer from the West, unless if you played video games from the 1980s or are a fan of kung fu movies, you probably wouldn't know about the Zhengshui either. This is a very interesting monster. They're very popular in video games and in movies. Video games is how I know them and possibly how you know them. And beyond that, there's even a religious aspect to them in their country of origin, China. So stay tuned after these messages. Also, if you feel inclined to support the show monetarily, you can do so. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can go to anchor.fm slash history slash support, and you can donate a monthly amount, whatever you want, as little as 99 cents a month, and that'll help the show come along in research and editing and just bring a greater quality to the show. And if you do support, thank you very much. Anyway, so what is the Jiangxi? So the Jiangxi, in the Western point of view, at least, you know, because unfortunately, remember, this is somewhat of a historical or or historiographical show. And we need to remember that we are looking at something from our perspective, not from the perspective of the people who uh, developed this uh, entity or created this entity, whatever the preferred term is. And from the Western point of view, from the American point of view, this is sort of a hybrid mix between a zombie and a vampire. So how is it a zombie? Well, it's from the living dead. It's from, you know, the dead. It's someone who had died and has come back to life. And it hops and its arms are out. Now, why does it hop? Well, it hops because its legs are stiff. It's been dead. It's been taken out of the ground. A corpse's body is stiff. And so it cannot move its legs. And if that sounds strange or funny to you, just think of Frankenstein or the mummy or zombies in general. Yes, they can move their legs, but they can't really bend them at the joints. They're kind of wobbling forward, you know, one leg at a time, you know, uh, kind of like a school compass that you draw a circle with, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then the arms are out for balance and it kind of has that mummy or Frankenstein posture to it 
very, very interesting. And the fact that it has its arms out almost seems like it's trying to grab you. What does it look like? Well, it's dressed in that kind of traditional Chinese outfit, that traditional 15th century empirical uh, Chinese outfit, the one that's made of silk, the one that has that kimono pattern, the hat that kind of looks like a Western uh, bowler derby, but also kind of like a sailor hat at the same time. If you've seen old cartoons or comic books or old historical pictures or prints of Chinese uh, people, then you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, its skin is pale and blue, a bluish green, kind of like a um, Nosferatu, a ghastly kind of a color. Uh, And oftentimes you'll see right in front of its face, kind of posted onto its face even, a document with characters on it. Okay, and that'll become interesting in a moment. So that's kind of like how it's a zombie, the posture and the fact that it's someone who died and was taken and given life in some sort of a supernatural or artificial or pseudoscientific way. How is it like a vampire? Well, it drains blood from animals and people. And in the concept of Chinese philosophy and culture and religion, there is something known as the qi or the qi, which is the life force. Okay, the life force, the kind of the wind or the um, the life force that runs through a person's body, sort of like a soul. In the Western concept, you know, most religions have some sort of a concept of a spiritual or a a spirit force or a life force. I would say that the chi or ki is a Eastern or Asian equivalent to the concept of a soul and could even be considered the same thing. So in order for the, I guess you could say the... Uh, Jiangxi to stay alive, it needs to drain life from others. Okay, and you can imagine now that this very creepy, very scary concept, this age-old concept, this is going back to the 15th century, as I mentioned before, uh, could be very, very popular. Um, and one of those uh, mediums that has made the Jiangxi or the Jiangxi more popular are movies. And there is an entire subgenre of Zhangxi films that portray these hopping vampires that are attacking people, the hero or the protagonist of the movie, with kung fu. You know, kung fu movies are very popular in the 70, 60s, 70s, and 80s in, in China and Hong Kong and Taiwan and so on and so forth. And same with Jiangxi movies and you know put the two together and you've got a blockbuster hit and in this case the uh, Jiangxi movies were very popular in the 80s and they were made many of them were made in Hong Kong 
and there are many, many, many of them, but the most famous ones are the Mr. Vampire Saga films. Uh, there's four of them, and sometimes they're called Uncle Vampire, sometimes they're called Mr. Vampire, sometimes they're called Mr. Vampire Saga, but these were made by Golden Harvest, and they were very, very popular. And I want to make a note here. These were made in Hong Kong. A lot of creative liberties could be taken in Hong Kong. Oftentimes, these are taking place in the era of the Republic of China, which was from 1912 until basically 1949, until Mao Zedong uh, took over. Okay, and, you know, they had a lot more liberty with what they wanted to say in these films, considering the fact that Hong Kong was part of the British Empire until 1997. And so, uh, you know, this is a very different, very westernized version of the Jiangxi, or by very westernized, I would say, more westernized than a mainland China portrayal might be. Okay, and that's something to take into note as well, how much British influence crept in. And I don't know if so much British influence crept in with the actual portrayal of the uh, monster besides the kung fu aspect, but maybe the cinematography did, okay? So, when it comes to these films they are cult classics and when they were released they were very very popular in taiwan and in japan okay and that's where we kind of connect the dots for the Zhongxi from china to hong kong to japan to new jersey okay uh right so you know, I mentioned I love vampires. I also love video games. Video games are very, very interesting to me. Uh, and you know, I, being a history buff, my, I guess you could say, center of my gaming library, the center of my gaming time, I guess you could say. I wouldn't really say I'm a gamer per se, but I definitely do play video games, and the video games I do play are retro video games. I'm a huge fan of Nintendo. The only modern console I actually own is the Nintendo Switch, right? So I have a Nintendo Entertainment System. I have a Game Boy. I have a Super Nintendo. I <clears throat> I have a Nintendo. Well, I have a lot of Nintendo. I'm a very big Nintendo fan, okay? And so I've played a lot of vintage or retro or old school video games and i've noticed throughout these video games sometimes enemies have a particular appearance i've noticed this in the game boy game super mario land although that is a black and white video game and it's not very good graphics vice project doom and the castlevania series specifically kid dracula I noticed a common trend. So in Super Mario Land, there's an enemy that has its arms out and hops towards you and has a ponytail. Not necessarily 
Chinese looking there. But when you put the pieces together, you can see what I mean. Vice Project Doom. Now this one, unless if you are a big fan of video games and a big fan of Nintendo games in specific, you will not necessarily know about uh, Vice Project Doom. It is a very, very good video game. Lesser known, highly recommend it. I can't put a link to it because it's, you know, kind of a collector's item at this rate. Might be on the little steep side, on the steep side, but if you are a part of the kind of modern concept, the virtual console of the Nintendo Switch, then you have access to the emulator of this game. There was, uh, well, back to Vice Project Doom, there's an enemy that if you, it jumps towards you with its arms out and it's wearing a purple Chinese outfit. And I thought, oh, strange. And Kid Dracula, there was no mistaking it. It was a, and I don't mean this term because I use this term, I mean it as kind of to get your head oriented toward this concept, and that's the Chinaman. You know, the silk outfit with the hat and the ponytail, and it was jumping towards you, and I was like, wow. Okay, I know that the Japanese and the Chinese haven't had the best of histories. You know, I'm not trying to criticize here. I'm just stating a matter of fact. Neighbors don't usually get along. You know, Britain and France, France and Germany, so on and so forth, right? But I thought, wow, that's really racist. These games are coming out in the late 80s, early 90s. And I thought, okay, gee, why portray Chinese people like that? And, of course, it was because, in part, because of these films. The Zhongxi was popular already in just Eastern Asia in general, but after the Mr. Vampire films came together, then, wow, it really uh, hit off, especially in Japan. And Japan cornered the video game market after the crash in 1983 they had a big risk putting out the nintendo entertainment system and part of the reason why the nintendo was so popular was because of my home state of new jersey they rented out a huge storage facility in hackensack uh new jersey which is in the northeastern part of new jersey very 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 close to manhattan and uh without that rental they may not have had the stock to sell it in manhattan for the first time ever but anyway um these video games blew up in new jersey or in america in general and so the jengshi is known in america although as a video game enemy and not as this legend now why does this legend exist what is the role in society all legends have some sort of role in society and in america it has a role of a video game character or video game enemy in japan it has the role of just a really cool horror movie character but in china it's much more complicated than that what's very popular in china is taoism or taoism and for those, for those of you who are not familiar with Taoism or Taoism, it's a philosophical slash spiritual belief 
that believes in living in the balance and harmony of the natural world and making natural decisions that are good for society. Sort of becoming so one with nature or society or the harmony and balance that the actions you make just naturally are just very good. And, you know, of course, as a Westerner, that's not the best translation. But, of course, this is not a Eastern religion podcast. This is a Monsters of History podcast. And so it's part of Chinese tradition, or at least uh, Taoist tradition, that people who die should be buried in their local community, that it's not good for the remains of a person after their soul, or in this case their chi, has passed on to the afterlife to be buried in a place that's unfamiliar to them. And so uh, they need to be transported back to the homeland or the their local community. This can become very expensive. And so the belief in many of these places are that people will pay a Taoist priest or a Taoist priest in order to create some sort of incantation, post it on their foreheads, they will see that inscription, that those instructions, and they will travel themselves back home and then they will be buried in their rightful place. Now, Unfortunately, because this is kind of messing with the balance of nature of things, ironically, these uh, Jiangxi will become violent and um, become a malignant force in the world. And ironically, the cause and the cure are kind of the same thing. Uh, In order to stop this, there needs to be a Taoist priest that you know, has some sort of incantation or prayer that stops them. And that's very interesting. You know, in Western society, oftentimes, clergymen, although they can certainly do bad things, are not necessarily uh, blamed as the cause of bad things, per se. And that's just very interesting to observe how different groups can interpret their different spiritual origins. And it's very interesting to see how vampires can be so different in different parts of the world. It goes to show that just because you live in one part of the world that's very remote and far away from the other part, human nature kind of just develops these things organically and that's an amazing thing and i'll leave you with that for this week uh thank you very much for watching or listening if you liked it make sure you share it with someone who might also enjoy it if you really really like it please consider supporting at anchor.fm slash the monsters of history slash support and Thank you very much. And next week, we'll be talking about Springheel Jack, a Victorian monster that kind of 
didn't really make it out of the Victorian era. Thank you very much. Take care and goodbye.